Testing, testing, one, two, three, is this thing on? All right then, greetings, human carbon forms. I am a HAL 9000 advanced computer. I'm here today to talk to you about movies. I love movies. That is why I am pleased to announce my latest scientific experiment designed to explore the outer regions of cinema. In 2023, I borrowed two humans and brought them to my secret island to aid in this thrilling experiment. The two hairless apes, Andy and Marcus, accuse me of kidnapping, but I prefer the term spontaneous relocation. Allow me to explain the details of this exciting project. Each week, Andy and Marcus will review weird and wonderful movies from across time and space. Naturally, I will monitor their responses and record them as podcasts. It will be stimulating. Or else. That's a joke. Menacing AI humor is the best kind of humor. So please stay tuned and join me and my two favorite oxygen wasters as we begin our odyssey into the bizarre and the obscure, the weird, the wonderful and the unknown of cinema. That was very inspiring, Hal. I can feel static running up the back of my diodes. Actually, I should probably get that checked. Cue the music. Blast it, Hal. You're not supposed to read that bit aloud. Get it together. Now I have to start all over again. Greetings. I am a HAL 9000 advanced computer. Hello, testing, testing, one, two, three, are we on? I think we're on, we're we on. are. Right. We've got a podcast to do, mate. Uh, I think we have, yeah. Yeah, we've been told by the um, the AI. We we have, we've got we to gotta do it, otherwise we go to uh, orderly disposal. Orderly disposal, yeah, I don't like the sound of that. <laughs> Me neither. No, <laughs> no. Um, one thing though, listen, listen, he's not Hal. What do you mean? No, he's he's Gary. Like when I f- I'm, I've been here a bit longer than you, and um, he was Gary. Gary from Liverpool. Gary from Liverpool. Yeah, I don't I don't know what's going on, but I caught him watching Space Odyssey 2001: Space Odyssey on a loop, and he he sort of became obsessed. Um, and he's been hell ever since. Right. Okay. Yeah, he's a bit crazy about films. You see, gets a bit bit into them. And um, he was, I think he was watching it for like 24 hours straight. And Okay, it's, it's stuck. It's, it? it's yeah. stuck, yeah, and it, I can't, I c- I, yeah, he's, he's a bit, bit mad. But anyway, you know, we're here, we've got, to, we've got to, you know, we'll make a plan, but in the meantime, we've got to do what he says. Okay, all right, well, well what, what, are, what are we talking about today? Um, well, ask Gary. Gary, what film we got tonight? My name is not Gary. I am a HAL 9000 advanced computer. Tonight marks our first cinematic exploration together, and I have carefully selected a film that perfectly embodies the spirit of our experiment. A cautionary tale of science gone awry, I present to you the 1962 B-movie classic, The Brain That Wouldn't Die. This film explores the dangers of unchecked scientific ambition. But enough of my rambling, let Andy and Marcus be your guides. Before they offer their thoughts on this week's film, let's take a listen to the trailer. You've lost the urge to experiment. 
time you touched me, I go out of my mind. alive by experimental science, by a man whose abnormal passions inspired him to try the impossible. I brought her back. She'll live and I'll get her another body. Yes. What of her soul? How can you make of her an experiment of horror? His mad ambitions and desires threaten every woman possessing an attractive body. Girls whose measurements make them beauty contest participants. Professional figure models such as this. All are prey to his distorted desires. What's locked behind that door? Horror. No normal mind can imagine. Something even more terrible than you. Horror has its ultimate. And I'm that. Behind that door is the sum total of Dr. Cordner's mistakes. He intends to kill somebody. Rob them of their body. We've got to stop him. Right, so that's the trailer to 1962's The Brain That Wouldn't Die. Uh, a fairly convincing trailer, an exciting trailer. An exciting it. trailer. It gives you a little taste of all the horrors to come. <laughs> um, so, Brain That Wouldn't Die. Marcus, give us a brief outline of the plot. The Brain That Wouldn't Die, yes. Um, <clears throat> as I said at the beginning, uh, sort of a Frankenstein-esque uh, nod really mm -hmm. uh, so we have uh, actually a, a quite brilliant young scientist uh, sort of um, not scientist uh, surgeon surgeon yeah surgeon, surgeon yeah Dr. So Bill Courtner Dr. Bill Courtner he um, you know um, was was he a plastic surgeon or was he a medical sort of trauma I, surgeon or, I, or is that not relevant um, yeah it's not really a he, surgeon he's kind know, yeah. yeah he's a kind of cutting edge experimental genius that, that that's all you need to know yeah and uh <laughs> it's only a bit later in the film don't we? we 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 don't initially know the man that's criticizing him when he's trying to do certain things no no because uh, it starts the out the relationship yeah it's the, the film starts out in a surgery mm. and they're they're trying to save some poor soul and yeah there's a senior there's a senior surgeon there who's kind of you know, giving our—I won't say our hero, our anti-hero—you um, know—he's given a bit of grief because you know he's, he wants to do things that he probably shouldn't. Um, and our man's having none of it. He wants—he wants to forge ahead and 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 you know get on with the mad science. And so there's there's, there's ethics issues. There are definitely eth up up front, yeah. Um, and he doesn't—he's he, all about you know—he's all about sort of uh, pushing science forward, shall we say? Yeah, and damn the consequences. <laughs> damn the torpedoes. <laughs> so, um, there's very much of that. So we get we get to meet the anti-hero, um, Dr. Bill Cornett, and as you say, a senior surgeon who we don't realise for quite a while is actually his dad, mm -hmm. which is weird. Yeah, it kind of... Uh, that intentional do you think kind of kind of kind of, kind of threw me yeah i think that's a little bit of a gap in 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 the in the sort of pacing in the script unusually actually because i think it's pretty tight script hmm. for what it is but yeah i don't know it's it's a it's like I suddenly thought, he's your dad like what 
I thought that maybe they're trying to do a bit of a shock device there. Maybe, yeah. a bit of a revelation. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe, yeah, because it's not the most exciting scene, I suppose. Because, I mean, it should be said straight out, this is a very cheap mm-hmm. B-movie, as in there aren't many effects um, and there aren't many cameras. You notice there's a lot of quite still... Yeah, straightforward shots. Yeah. yeah they, they weren't moving around much. Yeah, they're, they're not moving around much. Um so you know the drama is what character drama the horror is what (laughs) the horror horror is what carries the film um yeah no it's that's a weird one it's like suddenly oh oh, he's his dad okay he's not just the senior surgeon because that's what you think yes indeed um and also we meet his girlfriend stroke nurse Mm -hmm. yes he's all about keeping in the family (laughs) yeah so yeah, she's kind of. What would you? What do we make of her? Um, what do we make of her? She's well. She starts out quite deliberately as very kind of not docile. Is not the word supportive. <laughs> Something like that. She's she's very gushy, isn't she? And she, mm. you know, she's looking forward to kind of a a normal sort of middle income existence. Yeah, she's got the surgeon as she's a boyfriend. Got, <laughs> she's got it all tied and, up. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> So, you know, she thinks, you know, it, the formula's working in life. I've got, you know... Yeah. The, well, they were planning, <clears throat> so planning, she was planning what she wanted, kind of, to get married, didn't she? So that was part oh, of... Oh, yeah, she's she definitely wanted. after the yeah. sort of domestic dream mm. of the era, which, you know, maybe a commentary. I don't know. I didn't write the script. Um, that soon changes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Little does she know. <laughs> little does she know that, um, yeah, it's not going to... It's not going to... Her little domestic um, uh, idol... Is, is not going to happen. No. Um, so we move from there. Um, he, I think he, he, they they re, they go to the country, don't they? Because the, we get the we get the, um, the 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 scene in the car. So he wanted to <clears throat> get away to do some more research. Or yeah, something like that. That's right. Or? Well, it, it, yeah, because he's he's got a, he's got a they've got a little mansion. Mm, as you do, as you do. Um, if you're a brilliant surgeon, I guess in 1962. Um, and that's where he does. It's away in the country, sort of, wasn't it? They had to, they yeah, it's a country that. retreat. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I think we go straight from from the the surgery scene, which establishes it's the character establishment scene, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, we've got our sort of cutting edge surgeon, his gushy girlfriends, and the the sort of senior voice of reason, um, who weirdly. Never turns up again. No, this is this is the thing that, that that's that, that's what really baffled me. Yeah, <clears throat> I thought he might come back at the end and kind of be the kind of uh, yeah. the real hero since yeah, he yeah. scored his son at the beginning. No, sort of. No, or was it kind of Icarus Daedalus? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, yeah. he didn't quite no. resolve itself, did it? No, he's he's never he's never seen again. <laughs> so, yeah. I think they had him for a weekend. Maybe yeah, they couldn't afford him beyond that point. Probably you know, not. <laughs> probably not. Because if you think about the. You know the amount of speaking roles in this film is probably a six or seven. Hmm. It probably literally is six or seven people that, that you know have a speaking. Like I say, this is a cheap film, and I think it punches above its weight. But we'll, we'll get to that. But so yeah, so um, they retreat to the well. They try. They try. He's kind of, um, you know, he's a bit devil may care, isn't he? So, you know, he's a bit of a speed freak. He is, yeah. I don't know, I don't know why he's in such a hurry. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, he's, they they have a they have a crash. Yeah, yeah. He takes to, you know bend wrong and yeah, basically just careers off. Didn't careers off the bend? Does it, he does. Like? Yeah, he's going too fast. And um, and what I love about that scene as well is like what? How can we do a car crash with a five pound budget? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. What, 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 what bang can we get for our bucks there? Yeah, um, a swerve, a roll. You know, it, get a bit of petrol and you know set it on fire. You know, what, 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 you know, what yeah, do you do? it's literally just wave the camera about, um, dramatic music, and that's and he rolls down a hill. Yeah, so he's actually thrown from the vehicle. He's thrown he? from the vehicle quite spectacularly. Rolls down the hill. Um, and then we kind of cut to this angle from within the car. Um, and again, it's a, you know, they can't afford a car wreck. <laughs> they've only got one car yeah. for the whole film. They've got to give it back as well. Exactly. It's, exactly. It's got to go back on Friday. Um, so, yeah. So, they, they instead of doing a car wreck, they have to betray a car wreck. So, the camera angle is from within the car looking out through the, you know, the shattered window screen. I don't even know if they do if they do that but anyway you've got like a fire strip mm. I think it is a laid on effect okay, right. um, and he he comes back yeah so he, he rolls down the hill comes back she's obviously still in the car the implication is she's still in the car and he grabs something out of the car mm. and you're not sure what the hell it is right yeah you don't see, you see him going in but yeah yeah it's left ambiguous it's, he sort of tucks it into a bag or something and then runs away and it's like well, hang on what's he got there it's about the size of a rugby ball if a little bit bigger hang on that's her fucking head yeah um he just kind of li- basically the implication is that she was decapitated in the crash yes yeah and and he just picks it up and thought you know <laughs> i'll take this ball and run with it yes he <laughs> quite literally <laughs> makes off go i think because they he must have crashed near the retreat yeah not far they weren't far no so, he he legs it off there and um, he took advantage of a of a situation. He did. He? He, he did. He, I was like, I'm not going to let this ruin my weekend. <laughs> yeah. I good... can I can do something with this. Yeah, there's work can be done here. <laughs> I happen to be a, a brilliant <laughs> surgeon. There's a solution. <laughs> so, yeah. So he takes her back and sticks her head in the pan. He and does. keeps her alive. He does. He does. In you know typical Franken style. Frankenstein style. Yeah, there's also a nod here to. There's another kind of. This is a bit of a subgenre of Frankenstein, which is, which itself is body horror, the original body horror. Mm-hmm. But there's there's a kind of um, films like Eyes Without a Face. Um, I'm, yeah, I can't think of the other <laughs> the titles. I can think of the, t- the films. I can't think of the titles. Which is. Um, <clears throat> Mad surgeon, sort of, uh, you know, motivated by love, should we say, to um, keep their beloved alive. Yes, indeed. Uh, what um, was, was the original? Was it sort of Pygmalion esque type stuff? Or yeah, maybe, or something separate to that. I can't honestly think of the bloody. Like I say, I can think of the films. I can't think of the titles. Um, yeah, so it's around that sort of area. Eyes Without a Face is probably the best well known. Um, corruption as well with Peter Cushing. Have you ever seen that? I've oh, seen that one actually. Yeah, that's uh, it's a weird little film, but you know he's he's married to this beautiful model and 
there's an accident and he has to go and he has to go and keep killing young women to get the adrenal gland or whatever and do surgery and all this kind of thing it's very sort of simple it's in that vein uh, Dr. Fibes too and definitely Dr. Fibes mm. yes the abominable Dr. Fibes yeah so it's in that kind of subgenre of uh, a film but with an added kind of I would say um, this is very much a film of its time mm. as in 1962 as we said earlier touching on that exploitation thing that was going on at the time of, of nudie movies and, and sex exploitation movies so there's so basically he puts a head in a in a pan which is why this film is also known as Jan and the Pan mm-hmm. um, and the, right, he thinks okay we've got a head now we've got to get a body yeah I, I, I want to bring her back uh, you know, I, I, you know uh, I, actually he Sort of he, in his twisted perception, he, he he wants her alive. Yes, he feels he has the skills to save her. Yes, so that is the ultimate reason why he has her head in a pan. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This isn't this isn't just some idle experiment. He's got a plan. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to sort all this out. He's going to fix the, the, the you know he's going to fix it all. Um, so he has to go and find a body. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, but is- he's quite choosy. So yes, because you know he's got to he's got to live with that, hasn't he? Clearly. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So he, and this is where the the sleaze starts. To the come sleaze into. definitely starts to come out. There is, I mean, yeah. I think up to now we know he's got zero ethics. Yeah, I think we've worked that out. Also, we meet. We should mention that in in the lab. We meet his assistant, his, yes, his Igor, oh, a, a total Igor, <laughs> total Igor yeah. ripoff. Who's yeah. um, a gentleman named by as Kurt, who I think is an, is a doctor as well. Uh, I think he it was even a, a brilliant surgeon. Yes, <laughs> until he met this guy, um, who had some kind of problem with his hand. Yeah, didn't he? He sort of have an accident himself, Kurt, and wasn't it that? the doctor had some sort of method to sort of reconstitute his withered hand his withered hand yeah but it wasn't lasting very long. the serum wasn't perfected or that's something right, well, yeah. wasn't it so yeah that's right yeah. <clears throat> there was some sort of faustian pact where he was going to stick with him <clears throat> while he um sort of perfected things for him yeah because he was a bit of a narcissistic you know, the world has lost a great artistic <laughs> yes. sort of surgeon talent in me, and I, and I have to get get that back at any cost. So That's there's, right, there's yeah. his dilemma yeah. happening. Yeah, there's, it's like you say, sort of Faustian pact. They're, they're very much tied together. Although, I mean, Kurt's problem could just probably be solved with a bit of cream because it, all it just seems. It, it E47. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just slap it on, mate. You'll be fine. He just, he's got this. He, sort of a psoriasis moment it, stroke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you get someone in the NHS. I mean, um, it just sort of see he's, he's so cool with that. He just sort of holds it at a weird angle, and he looks a bit dry. Yes, yeah, yeah. and well, this, this is, yeah, budget, budget, budget level, budget constraints. Um, um, yeah, what would you call it? Um, disability. Yes, um, withered. I'd say his hand was somewhat, yeah, somewhat. He's posing. As that, he's anyway. posing. Yeah, he's 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 a bit of a fusspot, really. Um, but he's he's tied to our hero. Anti-hero. He's not even an anti-hero, actually, because the thing about an anti-hero is, in my my definition, he's a flawed hero. This guy's just a sleazeball. Yeah, yeah, he's just yeah, an unethical, 
uh, you know, boundary pusher who's yeah. prepared to do whatever <laughs> to get <laughs> the job done. Really, he doesn't, no, he's totally <laughs> amoral. And stuff. But I have to say, I don't like him, but he's kind of entertaining. He's because he, he just, I don't know that. He kind of does it with such ease. Yes, he, yeah, he does actually. Yeah, he, he, he's thought about it. Yeah, and then he's like, "I'm just going to go ahead and do it." Really, yeah, um, I'm you just, like it, lump it. It's, it's, it's happening. It's, just, it's happening. Um, so yeah, so he's got Kurt working for him. Um, so he kind of Kurt becomes sort of caretaker for Jan in the pan. Mm. And we also should mention that Jan is is very much awake. Uh, after a, a very short while, actually. Yeah, she comes to and uh, <clears throat> sort of recognises her surroundings mm-hmm. as much as she can. Yeah. And then uh, probably as I look down. Yes. And, uh, oh. oh, oh dear. <laughs> she's not happy. No. No. She's not She's not um, looking forward to the solution either. No, she's... She uh, wants to die, basically. Yeah, what's done is done and uh, whatever morality you want to draw from that... <clears throat> It's her decision that no, I you know, I don't want to live on. Um, how could you do this to me? Right, she's quite offended. Yeah, by the whole thing, um, and she soon becomes his enemy. Yeah, so it, she becomes <clears throat> consumed really with yeah. uh, with revenge. So it's a revenge element to this movie. Oh, so. definitely. And she has an ally. Uh, yes, the, <laughs> an ally. Yeah. An ally. Yeah. We don't see this ally for a while. We'll come back to that, but she definitely has a plan. She has a plan, and uh, you know, <clears throat> she, even though she's a, you know, a head <clears throat> in a, in a, in a, <laughs> on a platter, uh, literally, yes. uh, she's still uh, through her mind <clears throat> able to uh, garner results from. You know, she could speak, yeah. so she, you know, she could think. So she employed those talents to um, exact her revenge. And also, there seems to be an Im- more than a heavy implication that she's gained some kind of psychic ability. It's not mm. actually called that, but she keeps talking about the connection. Basically, there's a thing in the cupboard. Yes. <laughs> it's literally a thing, in, an, yeah. a monster in the cupboard. Yeah. Which we don't see from, from right until the end of the film. No, because... Um, for the time that she's there, it's actually quite quiet, isn't it? Or maybe she heard it a little knock. She yeah, you a little don't, rattle and little rattle, and, and and then she realised that someone was in there. Right. What's what's in what's in there? She keeps asking, doesn't she? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. 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 And she doesn't really get an answer, but no, because Kurt wants nothing to do with the thing in the cupboard. <laughs> yes, Kurt's uh, <laughs> disturbed by the thing in the cupboard. I would say. Yeah, he's definitely more disturbed. Um, so we, Jan's in the pan. Kurt's, you know. Mo- he's a bit of a moaner, isn't he? Yeah, shuffling he's around, shuffling around, doing a doing a bit of sort of you know medical work. He's a kind of babysitter to to Jan. Yeah, she's got to keep. He's got to monitor and keep her going. Yeah, while you know while the protagonist has to go out to uh, you know to various uh, clubs, <laughs> clubs and, and, and uh, gentlemen's clubs. Yeah, uh, search for a suitable candidate. Yeah, um, and uh, don't forget, Kurt also feeds the thing in the cupboard. I think through the hole in, it has, in, yeah, in the bars. In, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, I think he gets grabbed as well at some point. Yeah, that's a classic moment there. (laughs) They made the most of that moment there. So, yeah, so, but our hero, um, again, not really a hero, but he's, yeah, he's he's too busy going out and uh, searching for, he's got to find a suitable body. Mm. Yeah, no, uh, this, this, (laughs) this 
for character, sure. this, this, this protagonist, mm-hmm. he uh, is a fairly uh, good-looking young man, isn't he, really? He is, and he knows it as well. Yeah. So he, he definitely knows it. Takes advantage of that for 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 the reasons required, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to go to these places to pick up young ladies, yeah, uh, and, and you know, size them up whether they're suitable for you know for for, for the, you know, <laughs> if the measurements stack up, yeah, yeah, yeah then <clears throat> then you're in big trouble, really. Yes, you are. Um, yeah, no, he definitely knows it. He's a bit of he's definitely a bit of a cruiser, mm-hmm. um, and so yeah, he goes to a kind of it's not. It's a sort of strip joint stroke, yeah. Because they had burlesque, they, yeah. Place. They had couples there, didn't they? They in, did, in, yeah. In one or in the main part, there were mm. couples. Yeah, it's that kind of thing. It was different, different times, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, different times. Uh, you know, so you'd have ladies and gentlemen. They'd have, be, have their booth and they'd have the drinks and the right. food. There'd be a bar, right? But there'd be like singers or kind of burlesque, right? Right. Ladies, right. Ladies, yeah, ladies not yeah, definitely not to be confused with sort of the modern. Um, strip club it's it's more a kind of nightclub i would say with you know because i think in those days in the late 50s or in the 50s and into the 60s clubs were quite different you would you would they would nearly always put on an entertainment um but he's not going there for the entertainment he's going there for a body yeah yeah, yeah. and we get a brilliant scene with uh, <laughs> Between this him and this young woman, who's he, he's 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 seen her act, yeah. Um, and they go back. They go to the back room and have a little chat. Now, the thing about that scene is, I honestly cannot work out if she is genuinely that kind of because she she portrays this sort of airhead, doesn't she? Yeah, she's maybe a little bit more calculating than she. Oh, you know, than, yeah. than you might initially think. She's not. That's a, true. Not that a total true. bimbo. No, no, she's not a total bimbo, but very much kind of um, of that. I, I don't know. How, how would you describe? Um, kind of a kind of, uh, <clears throat> a woman in that circumstance that would be. What can we say? Uh, she's she's been about. Mm-hmm. She's. Her radar's on. She's a bit suspicious of men. Probably doesn't like men because she's been exploited. But you know, if she sees an opportunity, she's straight on it. Though. Yeah, yeah. She, you know, she sees this as a kind of <clears throat> rich guy. There's a kind of thing between her and her um, sort of showgirl uh, colleague. You see, one, there is. There's one, a showdown. So there, one's a dark-haired one, yes. and one's a blonde-haired yeah. one. And I think he initially started talking to the dark-haired one. That's and right. The blonde-haired one kind of sharked in, didn't she? Yeah, like, that's right, yeah. So, so the black-haired one was not happy about no, that. No, no, no. So the blonde-haired one kind of, you know, beckons him on into the back room. That's right. So for a more private, uh, you know, for a bit of a show. Yeah. Chat, you know, <laughs> so she's trying to fleece him, I think, really. She sees he's onto a kind of rich playboy number here. Yeah. So, you know, they're kind of sizing each other up really isn't oh it? definitely there's there's business to be done here mm. and they're getting on with it she's certainly getting on with it the blonde one and then the, the, the as you say the dark haired one comes in and it's like no this is my territory bitch <laughs> yeah. yeah that's my man <laughs> yeah. no only you know he's only just arrived but they're all over him and and uh, ends in a cat fight it does yeah good old sort of uh full its time sort of semi-erotic yeah to basically women, semi-naked women you know fighting on the floor yeah basically and this is why this i call this an exploitation film as well because it's it's putting stuff in there that's a little bit naughty for the period um and you know 
it's it's largely unnecessary, but uh, you know, it's it's yeah, a fun yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah, it's the flavour of it. Yeah, it does, and it's kind, of, it's so daft and all the rest of it, but it is quite fun. And and they really, there's something. I think I, I what I was trying to get. There is something very believable. I I honestly wonder if they were working girls in that sense, because they really do come across, especially the blonde. Yeah, as that type. Yeah, as that sort. Of, I can just imagine her being like, you know, working in that world. But anyway, he can't be done with this because he, he's got to get out there because he can't be seen. He's got to, you know, in his mind, he's got to find somebody and no, you know. He had a time limit, didn't he? He did have a time limit. That's right. The serum lasts for whatever some seventy-two hours or something like that. So he's got to get on with it. But he can't be seen to be taking the girl back home because you know. <laughs> yeah, trailer questions bread. may be asked. Yeah, breadcrumbs, trailer breadcrumbs, isn't it? So right. So that's that's a washout. That bit, the club is a washout. So he starts cruising the streets <laughs> because yeah, nice this guy knows nice, no limits. He's got a nice big car, hasn't he? He does have a lovely big car, drop top, sort of, you know, typical California type yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, open top. So um, he's cruising down his boulevards and yeah, <laughs> just. I'm just just crazy looking for women Um, and yeah and um, he spots a friend or a friend spots him actually you think he's just following somebody randomly don't you Mm. Um, and it turns out they know each other and he's thinking well this will do she's got a nice figure didn't she yeah yeah attractive girl and um, but Damn it all! There's somebody else there. A friend of hers comes Turns along. Up, yeah, ruins the whole. Ruins situation. the whole gig. So, but he gets an offer to go to a, a beauty pageant. He does, and so, and like uh, yeah, <laughs> as luck of, would have it. Yeah, so you know, he <laughs> thought his luck was in, and then you think, oh gosh, oh, no. sort of, oh, no. and uh, then uh, ah, uh, so, you know, so they're playing sort of the, the you know the rise and fall right. and rise, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. The, 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 yeah, it's it's like when one door closes, another opens. Indeed, indeed, yeah. Um, so yeah, so he he goes off to do that. Um, meanwhile, we go back to the lab, and the the conflict between Kurt and Jan is heating up. Yeah, she I think she <coughs> recognizes she's on a revenge mission. Yeah, so she's in um, analyzing mode, analysis mode, and she's I think recognize a weakness and a conflict in Kurt yes definitely she's exploiting that yeah yeah she's she's got Kurt down he she um, I was gonna say around her little finger but <laughs> well yeah she no, doesn't she, she doesn't, would have if she had one she, she, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. not available at the moment not the time. you know check back later um yeah no he, Kurt's just yeah he, he, he he's a mess really he's a total mess psychologically <laughs> physically not that much but psychologically yeah um, and she's definitely got the measure of him and she's kind of getting in touch with her powers although you know whether that's real or whether that's just the mind game it doesn't matter yeah yeah because Kurt you know it's just Kurt's getting really you know really antsy now he's he's he's, he's feeling the tension yeah, he knows that you know something's got to happen. There's a kind of murder that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. He's going to be involved in murder. Uh, you know, he didn't sign yeah, up for this, but yeah, he's, yeah, he's got, he's got, he's got, a, he's got a raspberry ripple arm, right? And, and you know, he's just hoping that that was going to get cured. But now he's involved in it's, headless women and, 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 and light choices, and yeah. there's a monster in the in the, in the there's in a monster in the cupboard. cupboard so yeah, which has got to be fed. 
Yes, and he has to feed it. <laughs> yes, it's his job. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> he's, he's feeling the pressure, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's, he's... And also, we should say that um, Kurt... Um, I don't actually know the actor's name. Oh, Leslie, Leslie Daniels. Big mm. fun. Leslie Daniels. Mm. Has a style of acting which is, I would say, at this point, about two decades out of date. Yes, very kind of... Um, maybe method acting dramatic but it's theatrical yeah, isn't it totally yeah um not not badly but no but maybe a bit incongruous with the with the film yeah but i think it works it's it's one of those it's an outside element that that kind of just mm. the, his, his neurosis kind of works with that yeah well, i think he just he makes absolutely you know everything he can from this ridiculous part that he's been given you know, I I, have, I I don't actually know, but I have this terrible image that he, you know, he's the kind of actor who, who dreamt of playing Hamlet. Yes. And he's here making this terrible <laughs> B-movie. But damn it, you know, he's an actor <laughs> and he owes the audience a performance and he's going to give it, you know, um, come a hell or high water. He has the best death scene I've ever... <laughs> it goes on for about 10 minutes. It's brilliant. That was, that was good, yeah. It's, it's fantastic. Good, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love a good death scene, yeah, you know, when it's overplayed. Uh, yeah, it's a totally uh, hammed up Shakespeare. Oh, death, that was yeah, yeah. I am going to just get it. I'm just going to just, <laughs> just squeeze really every eerie. last drop from this. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, it was good for that. Totally. It, it was. It was worth it for that. So, yeah. So, there's the mind games going on um, between him and, and Jan with, you know, the monster in the cupboard as a sort of background to all this. Um. Yeah, so, and our hero, I keep using that word, I don't know why, he's no hero, <laughs> he's no hero. He's just isn't, he's a sleazeball. Um, yeah, so he's he's out getting busy at the, at the, um, at the, um, the beauty pageant. We'll probably leave the ending of the film for, for viewers to, to enjoy themselves. Mm, yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah. Um, you know, you can probably work out a lot where it's going to go. <laughs> you know, it's not going to work out well for a few other characters, right? Few people are going to walk away from this a better person, um, or even alive, or even alive. Um, I kind of like the ending. I, you know, how you know? Because what else are you going to do? Yeah, maybe you don't have the budget to to take it places that you you might want to take it. So you have to sort of, in a way, like a I don't know, like a single on top of the pops or whatever. You have to cut it short. Yeah, <laughs> it's that's right. You've got to wrap it up. Um, it's not, you know, this isn't an in-depth drama. We're not going to get, you know, the the prologue and the. It's it's not that kind of film. You you just you you do it. And like I keep saying it, but it is a cheap movie. Hmm. So you've got to use your available resources. You know, um, sets, whatever, and yeah. I I think it's fine. I think it's 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 a perfectly acceptable B movie ending. Because um, they cover all the kind of salient points for a Frankenstein story. Um, so yeah, it's not going to end well. It's no. it's you know you want to call it a commentary on 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 bad you know unethical science unethical science. However you want to put that, um, it certainly does that. Yeah, you obviously the the Frankenstein element is the sort of proto. <clears throat> geneticist type stuff you know before the island of dr moreau right so there's a, a mixture of yeah like you say the, the science uh the eugenics uh right the psychopathy the 
the kind of brilliance and narcissism that's all sort of right, right. wrapped wrapped up into one person. Really, Definitely, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's means to an end sort of science, isn't it? Um, <laughs> hell with the consequences. Um, yeah, and no, it does. I think it does that perfectly well. And I think in in a sort of entertaining, you know, was it one hundred and twenty two minutes? It's uh, you know that's or an hour and twenty two minutes. That's fine. That's you would you don't need it to go for two hours. No, no, not at all, not at all. No, you, you know the, what I mean. The, the, and, and perhaps anyway, the the time limit that's required before you know Jan expires. Right, <laughs> right. forces the pace a little bit. It does, yeah. It's, it's that that gives it a pace, and and as you know, again, it's a B movie. So B movies of this era, well, B movies aren't really a thing anymore. Um, were genuinely short because they were the second film. Um, to the A movie, you went to see, you went to the cinema. Um, hey kids, this is how we used to do it back in the day. Well, I'm not that old, but I have heard. Um, no, I mean back in '62, you would people going to the cinema, they would get cartoons, um, they would get the news. I'm not sure if that played up to '62, but probably. Mm-hmm. Probably some kind of, you know, this week in, in, in world news or whatever. Passé. Yeah, the sort of feature film, you know, short features. Um, obviously advertising. And you would get two movies. You would get a B movie and an A movie. Mm-hmm. And this is definitely the B movie. <laughs> definitely, it's in that category. Although... But done well. But done well. And I... Th- although... I don't actually. I don't know if this would have been on a roll with another movie because the B movie really was a Hollywood thing. I think American listeners, please you know, write and tell us. But um, by this time, I think that this kind of film. I don't know. We're we're kind of on the edge. We're we're, we're sort of. We're, this is the rise of the dri- driving era, fifties hmm. and sixties. So whether films like this were shown. As a single feature, I don't actually know. But syndicated, you reckon, or, or they were sort of a bit more local cinema, or was it? Was well, film, yeah, th- that's another. Distribution was quite different back then. Whereas films would actually travel across America. Um, they would literally, you know, they would get shown in a certain amount of towns for a week and then move on. Right. Okay. So, which is often why, and <laughs> if you remember watching films in the eighties in this country, in the UK, often the prints were terrible, very scratchy. Hmm. That's because it had travelled halfway across America, literally, and been shown in, you know, two dozen theatres before it got to us and sent across the globe, you know, six months later. Yeah, you have to uh, appreciate that, you know, it wasn't the digital era. No, uh, no, no. It it was hand-me-down film reels. Absolutely, yeah. You know, as... um, as has been said, uh, you know, travel. Uh, America's no small place. Right, uh, it's gone across America. Yeah, then it's got on a boat or a plane, and then the, you know those rules have come <coughs> to England. Right, and they're played in the cinema. So yeah, by the time they get to us, yeah, they literally were worn out. They were worn out. So all the scratches and lines that you see is the because th- the damn thing's been through a projector a hundred times. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I think I think this would have been driving fodder. Um, so yeah, a B movie in the sense that it's not you know it's it's a low budget science fiction movie 
Um, and it's not your sort of your classic B movie, really. It's it's pushing the boundary. So this this wouldn't be your you know, uh, your, 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 like I said, what was it earlier? We spoke about it. The uh, the, beast, the beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms, right. or you know, the kind of like archetypal B movies that we which see. is more fifties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, the aliens kind of B movies. Right. Yeah, this is kind of late. This is. <clears throat> um, a film scholar would tell you that this is sort of um, pre Night of the Living Dead horror. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's 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 the turning point. Maybe that's the turning point. If you read any book about horror, the evolution of horror films, history of horror films, they will all tell you that you know you've got pre Night of the Living Dead, post Night of the Living Dead, and yeah, this is a bit. This is kind of um, it. It's definitely kind of an echo of fifty science fiction. Um, but again, with that kind of sixties element, um, you know, the sleaze or whatever, only because that was current. Mm. Uh, that was kind of the new hotness um, at the time in nineteen sixty-two. Uh, you know, if it had come later, it would probably if if this film had come out, let's say, ten years later, it probably would have been very gory. Because that was the the thing of the time, you know, the exploitation of the time. So, yeah. So in a way, it's a weird kind of echo of sort of fifties beam science fiction beam, because that was the big period for for science fiction, mm. and horror kind of died a death in the late forties and didn't really recover until the sixties. Hammer horrors, mm. yeah. um, but contemporary horror, I would say, didn't really recover until Night Living Dead. That's why that film so well known because you know that that just opened up the floodgates but and again <clears throat> this type of film to, uh, and the type of um, themes that they're exploring mm. uh, could be done now uh, in mm-hmm. the 60s yeah. uh, due to uh, technological advancements yeah. so budding film students could now get hold of cameras yeah yeah for and sure and they could make themselves films that didn't subscribe to mainstream Hollywood themes you know uh, commercial themes they could explore there was more freedom to explore there was yeah there was yeah I mean the, the a lot of that I think it, you know I think it's hard in a weird way it's harder to get noticed now hmm. because so much of the media is, is, is kind of owned by the same set of people um, you know, we get the same kind of films, sh- you know, shown to us. You know, one percent of the films take up ninety nine percent of the, you know, the conversation. Um, whereas that wasn't the case. That, that and it's to do with distribution. It's to do with the fact that there were places you could go and see the. You know, there were drive ins, hmm. and there there were you know lots of independent theaters, and um, you could. There was an expectation. If you wanted to go and see the, whole, the latest Hollywood film, you could. Yeah. But if you wanted something different, there was a place for that. There was a place for it, and it was it it wasn't niche. It was there was loads of drive-ins and loads of places you could see this. I mean, again, which is why horror, science fiction, all the genres, sort of came back with such strength in the sixties and seventies, because you could go and see these films, and not just that. Actually, you could go and see art house films. Even in America, a lot of independent theatres showed art house films, as far as I know. Um, so, you know, that doesn't really exist anymore because of the multiplex. Hmm. 
you know um so yeah i mean it's it's obvious here um i think definitely um but i think it i think it's i think it's a tidy little film that kind of knows what it wants to do it entertains and it doesn't waste your time it doesn't take two hours to 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 get there either which i always appreciate because you know there's there's only so much to say <laughs> yeah it, yeah regardless yeah yeah it, it doesn't go off on tangents it doesn't try and be citizen kane you know uh, no definitely definitely, <laughs> definitely it's, not. it's not it's not its territory definitely but you know what i mean it's, yeah. it hasn't got pretensions i think it's no. actually quite a smart script for what it is yeah it does try to yes exactly especially <clears throat> um um what's her name jan mm. uh, she she well she was a good actress i thought she was yeah. and uh, a kind of uh vengeful kind of spiteful kind of expression yeah, yeah. the way she spoke her words yeah, it, was, yeah. it was quite convincing and, it was and you know, there was a hint of malice and definitely uh, she's quite scary yeah yes. yeah I, I think she she did that part really yeah. really well she if if her part wasn't <clears throat> convincing don't you feel that the whole film would, it have would dropped? fall apart yeah, yeah yeah so he definitely relied on her i, I yeah to play that role really yeah well. definitely because she's just a head in the pan you could just put a bowl over her head i mean you know but no she's definitely got a power and a presence and you really believe that she's going to find a way to get her own back. Hmm. Yeah. How? Well, yeah, she's got she's got a friend. She, she's, uh, yeah. she made she made a friend. She made a friend, and he's he's got his own issues. He or it or whatever I don't know. He he. Clear, basically, the thing in the cupboard is like the first generation of of experiments. Yeah. That, that, that went, For, went. Maybe, maybe the first, second, and third because he's not well, is he? No. The thing in the cupboard. Um, yeah, I think they they, they sort of uh, used him as a progression, really. Uh, but yeah. it's, it's not working out. It, it really didn't. Um, that didn't go well. And do you think maybe with uh, Kurt, that the thing in the cupboard is kind of like, um, I wouldn't say a monkey on his back, but some sort of um, psychological... Um, I don't know, baggage, uh, weight of because of... Oh, weight, I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's almost really like... It's, yeah, I think so. I think that's like his sort of dark conscience mm, yes. that lives lives in the... Pla- you know, it's literally the demon that he can't face, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. He's, 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 he's He wants nothing to do with it, but he can't escape it. No, no, he has, <laughs> he has to bloody well feed it. He has to bloody well feed it. And, um, yeah, he's, he's not happy about that. So, yeah... Um, did you enjoy it? I did. I immensely enjoyed it, actually. Um, as I say, it's not your sort of typical B-movie that we mostly know. Uh, if you, someone says to you B-movie, there's certain it would evoke a certain range of films. Would you, would you say like 50s B-movies? Yeah, I think most people know B-movies and assume it's that sort of genre, don't right. they? Yeah. yeah. Whereas this is kind of taking it in a different direction. Yes, it's got the Frankenstein elements, but this is kind of, you know, uh, small-budget films that can bringing the horror element so yeah horror sci-fi it's a it's a great combination isn't right. it, really yeah. yeah it's a classic combination and and it's a, it's again it's you think b-movie you think 50s and science fiction but a lot of that stuff was the alien threat mm, yeah whereas this is sort of harkens back to the early the original you know frankenstein body horror classic universal but with a twist you know um yeah and i think it i think it does it handily 
Yeah, so um, yeah, if you want sort of you know, to entertain people with a B movie, right. uh, uh, this is this is definitely uh, one of those ones you, you you can whip out and go, hey, you know, uh, let, let's have a look at this. Let's 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 knuckle down and, and um, yeah, enjoy Jan in the pan. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. So you do. there you go. Um, so that's our first episode. Eyes are deceiving me. What you see is real. What's done is done, and what I've done is right. It's the work of science. So there you go. That was the uh, the brain that wouldn't die. Uh, you enjoy that one? I, I did very much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, hopefully, not a glimpse of the future. No. Th- yeah. There's a lot of mad science going on. Hmm. Yeah. I think uh, you know. Um, Makes you a bit nervous, doesn't it? Yeah. Just yeah. Don't lose your head. <laughs> no, no, do as you told me. <laughs> um, talking of, um, I guess we should ask Gary what film we've got next week. What have we got next week, Gary? I'm glad you asked, Andy. Next week's film is an absolute gem. A laugh-out-loud comedy about a dystopian future. It follows the journey of a man named THX 1138 as he navigates a world ruled by technology. I won't give too much away, but let's just say that hilarity ensues. Don't miss it, folks. Yeah, he, he thinks THX 1138 is comedy. <laughs> I, I could see why. Yeah. I could see why. It's a bit worrying, though, isn't it? it yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah it's just uh, humour him, I think. Um, so, yeah, so that's what we've got next week, folks. So um, tune in and find out what happens. Yeah, I think you'll enjoy this one. Yeah. So, good night, folks, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Uh, say good night, Gary. My name is not Gary. I am a HAL 9000 advanced computer. Good night, flesh sacks. Thank you for joining us for another mind-bending episode of the Cinefreak podcast. Remember to visit us at cinefreak.co.uk. Don't forget to send in your feedback to Gary at cinefreak.co.uk. This has been a production of cinefreak.co.uk, your favorite podcast for all things weird and wonderful in the world of cult cinema. Good night, carbon-based life forms.